This episode is brought to you by Hyperice, the leader in advanced warm-up and recovery technology. They have tons of innovative products, like Venom-heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles, Normatec compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation, and Hypervolt massage guns to improve mobility. Loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. Try them yourself. Get 10% off your order with the code MOVE at hyperrice.com. Plenty happening uh, when it comes to domestic and international football at the moment. The Matildas are in the Cup of Nations, of course. Uh, it's all happening in the Europa League, in the Champions League, and in the A-League. Uh, so for that reason, we get on one of the absolute uh, best in the business. Andy Harper is with us this morning on the Captain's Run. Good morning to you, Andy. Morning to you. How are you going? Hey, good to talk to you again. I've got to open with the Europa League because... Uh, that game this morning between Barca and Man U at the new Camp, that was as thrilling a 2-2 draw as I've seen for a while. Yeah, well, the game can turn this up every now and again. And, and uh, you know, it reaffirms, I think, the stabilisation of Man United um, under Ten Hag. We'll be disappointed they didn't get maximum points. But, of course, you are playing Barcelona away. And, and it, it's also, I mean, there's so many strands to this game and the story around it that, here you have two of the world's biggest clubs in the second-tier European League, two key protagonists in establishing the European Super League, which was supposed to break away and set new standards. So um, I think it reinforces the need, in my opinion, other people might differ in their view, but this reinforces the need to, to consolidate uh, the game. And so teams you know, can't just secure big finance and cut away and, and, and start new competitions because whatever's confronting Barcelona and Man United they're in this situation now where they've got to rebuild to get back to the top tier. Mm. And in the meantime, they're providing great theatre. It was a great game, thrilling to watch. And, and I'm not a Manchester United fan particularly, but, but it is encouraging to see this stabilisation continue under Ten Hag and get ready for, for an assault on, on trophies again. Yeah, and they're for sale too, Andy. So I was going to ask you how your consortium was coming along. <laughs> yeah, just a, well, I've managed to scrape up about three bob. Uh, I've only got... <laughs> £6.5 billion pounds to go. Yeah, yeah. well, the Glazers are unpopular now more than ever. They want $10 billion though, so you're going to have to stump up a little bit more, Andy, for, for Manchester United. But let's go across the other side of Manchester because City, I tell you what, challenge accepted, top of the EPL. They rolled Arsenal 3-1. Now, what sort of seed of doubt, if any, would reside in the Gunners now, having uh, done so much for so long to just have City not only breathing down their necks but delivering a, a pretty big statement of intent? Oh, look, I think so. I, I think they might be a bit nervous, uh, if, if just for recent, recent circumstances. Okay, so they've, they've obviously found Manchester City directly too hard to handle, and they've had to get through the mini turmoil of the league, uh, the English Premier League coming out and apologising for that errant VAR decision, um, which caused consternation a couple of weeks back. Um, and so they just they get through this mini ride. But the key for Mikel Arteta is to, to, to maintain the buffer they've got is to realise that we're not playing Manchester City every week. Of course, the competition is difficult every week, but you're not playing Manchester City every week, which is on another level. Um, and, of course, you know, the, the more the Manchester City machine rolls on, uh, just to go off on another tangent, the more the opposition to them will grow within the Premier League and this, and this pressure to reform either them or the game so that, that these juggernauts can't be formed on the back of nation-state wealth. Um, that's, of course, the argument that's simmering around this. On the, mm. on the Arsenal situation in particular, Arteta has done a great job, uh, and they can certainly maintain their buffer. 
But, but as I said, the way I view it is you've just got to get into everyone's head that you don't have to play that just Manchester City every week. That's other people's jobs to try and take bark off them. Our job is to maintain uh, a, a, a true North focus, deal with the very difficult opponents as they come up, but, but realising that you've seen to them before this season and you'll be able to see to them again if you maintain the rage. Andy, can I take you back to our shores? In fact, up to Central Coast Stadium last night. So the Cup of Nations, the Matildas, I think it's going to be something really special later on this year for this Women's World Cup. And we're going to gather around the Matildas like uh, something we might not have seen for some time. I think the groundswell of support is going to be huge for a huge event. And, uh, gee, they rolled on nicely last night, 4-0 in the end. I think there were nearly 8,000 there uh, for this demolition job on the Czech Republic. Yeah, it was a good second half. It was a very, very poor first half. Uh, very poor first half, but as is always the case with these things, you know, you need to pay credit to the uh, architects of the turnaround. Um, we on the television were, were prepared to, to, to shoot that phrase home to coach Tony Gustafsson, who very humbly deflected that to his captain, Sam Kerr, uh, for what was apparently a very poignant and motivating half-time speech. Whatever, whoever and however... Uh, the second half was a very powerful performance from the Matildas, um, and they just demolished Czechia. The first half didn't look like that at all. In fact, Czechia, as we now refer to them, the Czech Republic, yep. uh, up till now, um, certainly had the better of the chances in the first half and probably should have gone into the break a goal to the good, um, which would have really set the, the cat amongst the pigeons. But as it was, the Matildas got in unscathed and then turned it around into a very impressive performance, but all bets are off for Sunday. Game two of the Cup of Nations uh, is at the Olympic Stadium in Sydney uh, on Sunday evening against Spain. I'm not quite sure what the crowd's going to be, but this will be a big test uh, for the Matildas. Uh, If they play like they did in the second half, if they're allowed to by Spain, they'll have a chance. If they play like they did in the first half, Spain will mop the floor with them. Mm. And this is going to be a great test leading up to the World Cup. And you're right, it is going to... These girls are going to generate even more publicity. They're hugely popular now. I mean, um, in its own little way, relativity's apply here, Sam, but um, just walking out the back of the stadium yesterday, gosh, it's a beautiful day, beautiful evening, and, and when the bus rolled in, in, it, in its own small way, with the kids all lined up uh, along the barricade, five, six deep, it, it was like a little bit like the Beatles arriving in their own small way. Yeah. Sam Kerr gets off the bus, and, and and the whole place just erupts. I mean, she's really magnetic, is Sam, and her her career is is generating that sort of interest. And and then the more the fans get to know more of the of the players, um, come July, uh, if 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 the marketing really kicks in, then it's it is going to be huge. It really is going to be a huge tournament, bigger than. Bigger than most people, even in their wildest dreams, anticipated, I think. Oh, I think so. I think it'll be big, not just in its own way, but just big in general. I think we'll really that, that patriotism will really shine through for it. I really believe that. And, and Sam Curry's an absolute global star. Maybe people don't have a proper appreciation of that if they're not astute observers of the game. You were on air last night, of course, and you will be on Sunday night when they do take on Spain. It's on 10 Bold, 10 Play and, and Paramount+. Plus. Just before we leave them, though, Harps, I mean, realistically speaking, expectations for this World Cup, I mean... People will plug in and expect them to, to, to win the whole thing. I mean, what's a realistic expectation and, and how are we placed? That's a really good question. Minimum expectation for me is quarterfinals. So it's, a, it's like the Men's World Cup numbers of, of competition format. People are more familiar with the Men's World Cup, 32 teams, 64 games. 
This is the first time the Women's World Cup has expanded to a 32-team format. So it's the same number of games uh, and the same sort of mechanisms as with the men's tournament, for those who are familiar with that. Um, and many are, because that the, the Men's World Cup has just been growing exponentially in an Australian conscience sense for years now. So the, the big difference, of course, is the, is the level of depth across the women's competition compared to the men. And that's where there's going to be a few holes in the Women's World Cup competition. Nevertheless, and considering that... Um, uh, my expectation of the Matildas, given the players they've got in their squad uh, and the home ground advantage, which is significant for our men's and women's teams, um, minimum is the quarterfinals. And the, the reason why I tied it back to the 32-team competition, that means group stage, you've got to finish in your top two in the group, and they've got Nigeria, Canada and Ireland, and there's all sorts of trouble with the Canada team, the top-ranked team in that group. And so the way things are at the moment... The Matilda should be steering for top in that group, mm. um, knocking off the current Olympic champions in Canada. Um, and then you get to the, the round of 32, uh, the, the round of 16, which is where the Socceroos got knocked out against Argentina, so memorably recently. And then the next stage after that is the quarterfinal. So I'm expecting the, the Matildas' minimum expectation is for them to go beyond one beyond at least what the Socceroos did in Qatar. Um, and when you get to that level, now you're with the top eight in the world and all bets are off. Just quickly, but ask you about the A-League uh, harps, obviously. So we've got Western United, Wellington, Phoenix tonight, but it is hard not to be drawn to the return mm-hmm. of victory in City tomorrow night, 7.45, for all obvious reasons. Unfortunately, everything's going to be dredged up again, but these two are about to go back at it on the pitch. Yeah, well, I mean, everyone in the game, has a, they'd be lying if they said they didn't have a little bit of nervousness. Um Nervousness in two ways. Firstly, nervous about having to address this issue to non-football fans at the pub or around the water cooler at work, trying to explain what happened or mm. apologise for what happened. You know, football fans are constantly having to defend or at least explain or provide some sort of level of insight as to why this why this idiocy takes place. Um, so they're nervous about having to regurgitate that, almost in a post-traumatic sense, really. And I'm not mincing my words. Um, and then, uh, then nervous that some idiot's going to do something again, and we have to go through the whole business. Mm. I, um, I, 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 I am pretty convinced that the authorities, wherever they were lax last time, and I think there were some holes in the preparation, and everything's been shared at home to Melbourne Victory as a football club, but I think there are other culpable uh, contributors as well in defence of victory. Um, uh, and I'm expecting, just as an aside to that, a lot more visible police and security presence. And I, I thought the deployment of police from my individual non-expert view from a community member was, I was staggered last time round. I don't think that they'll, in my opinion, I'll be surprised if they make that mistake again. Um, with all the sanctions as well, it's, it's, I, I hope it's not so run so tight that people can't enjoy themselves in a full and wholesome and community acceptable way. Um, but there is this nervousness. Then you get to the football, and, mate, to me, this is getting last roll of the dice time for Melbourne victory. Last roll of the dice time. Um, because they've got to play Melbourne City once more, at least finish off what I call the jumpstart derby. Now they've got to redo that pre-Christmas derby, starting 20 minutes in and a goal down. Um, their points that they're sort of thinking, well, if we can pick them up, along with another win along the way, we're back in the top six race. They can't beat City tomorrow then I don't know quite how they overcome the hurdle of taking them on again in the jumpstart derby. And then they've got to focus on accumulating other points 
in the nine games that are going to remain or so to get into the six. And I, that might start getting too much for them. They've got to make a statement tomorrow night. It's going to be fantastic to watch. All nervousness aside, I am really looking forward to this one. Oh, absolutely. And as am I when it comes to the Matildas next to Simon in the Cup of Nations. Now, you'll be behind the mic for that again, Andy. It's Sunday night, Spain. It's on 10 Bold, 10 Play, and, of course, Paramount+. Plus. Really appreciate you joining us, mate. Thanks for your time. Always my pleasure. See you soon.